0: God did for us. Verse 1, it says, You were once dead because of your disobedience and your your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. Now, if you're a non-Christian, you're probably going, What? I'm not obeying the devil. Well, if you're not following God, you are. It's that simple. It's black and white. It really is black and white. So think about it. How many, of you, how many of you have given your life to Jesus? Do you remember that day? Do you remember what you were forgiven from? We need to remember that, who we were, because when you figure out who you were before Christ and you see how awesome he, like the psalm we just sang, how awesome he is, the great provider and everything else that he does for us, God loves us so, so much. We can't forget... Although I do think sometimes, you know, God'll never leave you or forsake you. But sometimes I think he lets you stand alone. Just to remind you of who you are without him. <laughs> think about that. Think about your behavior and things you are when you when let's say you're uh, a little dry. You haven't fed your spirit in a while. Our default is to go back to the way the world is. That's just how it is. That's what we do. If you're not constantly reminding uh, renewing your mind, you know, fire goes out if you don't put something on it, right? If you don't keep putting wood on the fire, it will go out. It's a guarantee. It'll just smolder, and eventually it'll, it'll go out. Our faith is the same way. If you don't feed it, it's going to just slowly fade away. We don't want that, right? We've worked too hard to get to here, so why would we turn back? Even when it gets hard, we know God's in control, right? Sometimes we can't figure out what he's doing, or what he's even up to, for that matter. We're just like, God, I guess I just can't do this anymore. He's like, that's all right, I got this. But we have to trust him. Really trust him. But if you see God working through your life or through someone else's life, it's a little more manageable to go, okay, I, I see what he's doing. Kind of like Alpha was saying, you got busy and you can see some of the things that he aligns in your life. Last week, we... Uh, we ran into a, a couple of Christians on jobs that we were working. It's like God encourages us along the way by putting people on our path, too. And not, not always n- non-Christians. Th- these we got to pray with them, and uh, we had a good, sh- good time for no longer than we were there. But it was great that you get to meet other Christians, because it's like when you meet another Christian and you start talking to them, it's like the, the field is level. We have something in common. It doesn't matter who you are or what level of society you are. If you know Christ... We're all in it. It's all level. God leveled the playing field. Oh, well, I forgot to mention that Paul had written this letter from prison to the Ephesians. And this letter was moved around to some of the churches all around that general area. So he was just writing the letter to encourage people. When the time gets tough, read your word and s- keep going. He did it to strengthen people, and he did it to encourage people. Plus he was in jail. He was in Rome in jail and he's trying to encourage people. How awesome is that. So you were once dead. You had no joy. You had no hope. You ever meet people like that? They almost look like zombies. They're just they're just blank. They don't even say hi or anything. They'll walk right by you're just like they're alive, kind of. They might have a pulse but spiritually you could tell they're dead. There's nothing on. There's there's no light been turned on in their life. So I still remember the day just like it was yesterday going when it, when I opened my heart to Jesus and let him in that feeling, that rush you have of just the weight's been lifted. I've been forgiven. How many thought you were good enough to get there on your own behavior? Nobody. <laughs> Come on, there's got to be some, some, some good people in here, right? Or so we thought. So you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. You know, when you read that, you kind of understand why people act the way they do. Because there, there's some Christians that get off base from time to time. But as a rule, when you see people living in this type of behavior, you can tell by just by the way they're living and the way they act and the way they treat people that they're probably not Christians. If they are, they're a pretty bad example. Be- but That's because they're living by the commander of the powers of this unseen world. His spirit's at work in their hearts. All of us used to live that way. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Paul said that too. was from Paul said this. We all. We all used to live, that way, following the passion, desires, and inclinations of our sinful nature. You know, growing up. I had a great childhood. My parents trusted me. Probably because they didn't know what I was doing half the time. <laughs> But they trusted me, so I kind of grew up in in a a great environment. But compared to a holy God, I was not doing well. You know, I was doing all the things that everybody does when you're younger, driving when when you're intoxicated, and things that you shouldn't be doing. But everybody else is doing it, so you're along for the ride, right? Everybody did it. So I was like, what the heck? Everybody's doing it, so why not? Not knowing those kind of consequences that come with that. You know? So where was I in three? I say all of us used to live that way. By our very nature, we are subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. You know, it was weird. I remember hearing the first time when, when, the, when the preacher was uh, witnessing to me he was telling me, "If you're not a Christian, you're subject to God's wrath." And I remember thinking he's crazy. Well, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? I was like, "Well, if you don't know God, you're gonna feel God's wrath. That's how it is." Verse four says, "But I always like this when but God." When you see the, the that's that ought to be highlighted. But God is so rich in his mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead that's an amen right when he raised it that was it it was the power over death which gives us life because we believe in Christ so now we have eternal life and there goes my notes you guys still with me well that food smells good doesn't it it's like <laughs> everybody's like man, i'm starting to get hungry man i hope he's not gonna be long <laughs> hey let to be light and there was like that's right <laughs> i forgot where okay so he gave us life when he raised the Christ. It's only by grace that you have been saved. There's nothing we can do. It's all God. God chose us at the right time. You know, we, we've we been praying for several people to receive Christ, and it's just not their time. That's the only way that it would explain why they're not wanting to surrender to it. They're all around. it, kind of like the campfire. They want to be involved. It's not like they're... Um, antichrist they're just not ready to give in basically surrender to it and i was the same way you know i was hearing all these things and and this that and the other and, and in fact we used to golf a lot the pastor would go with us and we we would golf and we would talk and he he would ask me he was like so he told me his so his whole spiel for so long he's finally like i i gotta ask you where are you at on this thing <laughs> and i was like Gary, I just don't know. I just don't know. And he's like, well, what do you what do you mean you just don't know? I've given you tons of information. And I said, I just, I don't know if it was the fear of the unknown of change. I, I don't know. But eventually it got me. He's like, I, I'll tell you this. I want you to do something. You're a reader? And I'm like, eh, you know, ESPN Magazine or whatever, the newspaper, sports section. But other than that, eh, probably not. He's like, so he gives me this Bible, little bitty guy. It was, it was just a New Testament. And he goes, I want you to find John. Show me where John was. And he goes, read the book of John and tell me what you find. And I'll see you next week when we play again. I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. Well, guess what? <laughs> I found Jesus and John. <laughs> he got me. He got me that night, and we prayed, and I received Christ, and it was cool. And I was just like, thank you for sharing. Because I was a little harder one for him to... I wouldn't say um, I don't even know what the word I'm trying to find, but I put up a challenge for him, you know, and he's a, and he was a new pastor at the time too, so I know it was really difficult for him because he's like I don't know I don't have anything else to say. But he kept kept going. He wasn't nagging me. And he didn't force me, but he came down to my level where I could understand what he's trying to tell me, and I took him up on his word. And I guess at that time the God it was the God's timing. And it worked out. And it's been great ever since then, i got to tell you. Has it been easy? No. Because we're, God's economy's flipped upside down from the world that we lived in. Right? Or live in, I should say. It's like a swimming upstream all the time. Everybody else is partying and going that way and woo-hoo and saying, come on. But we're going this way. And sometimes you look at it and you're like, man, that sure looks fun. That'd be great. And you could probably do it... At once in a while but you got to be very careful it's a razor's edge otherwise you're going to end up back where you were your old sinful nature will catch you if you're not careful we have to put the old guy down renewing your mind every day praying, listen to worship music whatever you do to renew your mind we have to especially nowadays with the social media and all the stuff that we're bombarded by all day, radio, everything just boom, 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 billboards everywhere you look it's all just of the world. We have to live in this world. God knows that. He knows where we're at. And he knows our trials and everything that we go through. But do we trust him while we're going through it? That's the thing. Do you trust him? It'd be easy to give up. i throw your hands in the air and say, I can't do this. And God would, be, God would be like, really? I went to the cross for you guys. Are you kidding? Come on, you can do this. You guys can do this? We can do this, right? God loves us so much, He wants us to change. He wants us to grow. You know the, the old saying that Randy used last week, if you are what you were, then you ain't. If you've been claiming to be a Christian for years and you haven't changed anything, you're probably not saved. You're living by the sinful nature, right? If you're continuing to do the same thing that you've been doing for year after year after year, you got to wonder, you got to check yourself, right? This uh, Chapter 2 was coming off right after Paul's prayer. Before, he's talking about, um, he says he prays for us constantly. He's asking God, the glorious Father, Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of God. He wants us to grow. He wants us to change. He doesn't want us to be the same people we were when we came to him right i had a guy the other day we were talking and he said uh he goes you know i'm so glad that god says come as you are come just like you are and i'll clean you up because if you wait to clean up before you come you'll never come you never will just jump in dive into it find out what happens i can guarantee it's going to be good (laughs) that i can guarantee because we have eternal life and that's what we're all looking forward to, right? Heaven, I can't wait. I cannot wait. It might be here sooner than later, the way, the way things are going. <laughs> you know, speaking of that, I had a guy at the car show ask me. He was an older gentleman, and he was, uh, I believe he was Pentecostal, heavy Pentecostal. He comes in and he says, Pastor? I said, yeah. You teaching about end times all the time? I said, no, we talk about it. I'm not going to scare people to heaven. You know, and it is a part to study, no doubt about it. But I said, I can tell you what, our congregation's ready. We're teaching them to be ready. You guys ready? And he goes, amen, that's the way to do it. Then. I said, yeah, I'm not going to beat it over their head. Let, let God show them. So it's by grace that you've been saved. For he has raised us from the dead along with Christ, and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we were united with Christ. How about that? We're forgiven, and now we're raised up with him. You know, when Jesus died on a cross, that changed everything, right? And when you receive Christ, you're acquitted, your sins are forgiven. You're not guilty. Before, you were guilty. You were dead in your sin, and you're guilty of it. But when you believe in Christ, he erases all of that. And all the future sin. He knows we're going to mess up. When you mess up, you fess up, right? And you keep going. You don't do it as as a cursory thing. Oh, I'm sorry, God. No, it goes past. I'm sorry. It's repent. True repentance means you turn and go the other way. Now, there may be a thorn in your side that you have to deal with for a while, but deal with it. Bring it to the light and deal with it. It can be very difficult. Very difficult. But guess what? We have a Savior that loves us and He wants to help us in everything that we do. Everything, from the smallest thing to the biggest thing. So it says, Now we were dead, but now we are alive. So God can point us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all that He has done for us, who are united with Christ. Everything that He's done for us. Let's go to Romans 5 real quick. A bigger podium. <laughs> okay, in verse uh, f- uh, 6 through 11. 5 and 6. Okay, it's on the board. Okay. It says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. How about that? Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though some perhaps would be willing to die for a person who is especially good, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. God knew well in advance when he was forming the world and everything who was going to come to him and who's not. I always wonder about that, and sometimes I struggle with that, because the scripture says God wants all to come to repentance. He wants all. That doesn't mean all are going to. That's the thing I struggle with, because if it says he wants everybody, then how come everybody doesn't? It's up to him. It's his will, right? But he died for all of us. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Chapter 8, verse 1 says, Now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. We're not condemned for our sins anymore. We've been forgiven. They're gone from the east to the west. It's gone. He doesn't even remember them. It's like it's gone. He sees us through the red blood of instead of how we see each other. You know, He sees the cleaned up version. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still His enemies... Going back to part of my testimony, when the pastor told me that I was an enemy of Christ, I'm like, what? I'm not an enemy of God? He's like, well, I hate to tell you, yes, you are. If you're not a Christian, then you're an enemy. You're following the, the Satan, right, exactly, the one who's in charge of this earth that we're currently living in now. He's been given that, but he is not the God. God is a God of all, okay? And... <laughs> We do win. I've read the back, and we do win in the end, by the way. <laughs> All we got to do is hang on to get there. For since our friendship with God was restored by this death of His Son, when we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice at our wonderful new relationship with God because the Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. How about that? He calls us friend. We're a child of God now. We're friends. We're no longer enemies. Amen? I don't know about you, but that's a big deal. Especially when you go back and look at the person you were before, what you were saved from. Nothing else, he saved you from yourself. Right? So if you start looking at it and you start going, wow, I was not a good person. Well, guess what? You are now. He calls you friend. I love how he's reconciled everything for us because we can't do it on our own. You know, he comes, he comes in, he's like, I'll see if I can remember how this illustration goes. You know in the movies where there's like a big fire, the fireman runs in, saves the guy, and he's half burnt up too. The guy's in the hospital, he's in there for weeks, and he finally wakes up, and he's like, oh, what's going on? And then, then somebody that saw the story comes in and says, oh, man, this guy came in and he rescued you. And so when a guy wakes up and he says, man, I owe him everything. I owe him my life. It's the same thing. God does for us. He came in, swooped in, and rescued you. It's like he just came in at the right time, his timing, not ours, and rescued us. God saved you by his grace when we believed. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. And salvation is not a reward for the good things that we've done, so none of us can boast. It's by God's grace that we're saved. You can't buy it, you can't earn it, you can't do enough good works to get to heaven on your own. You just can't. Otherwise, Christ died for nothing, right? It's by grace that you've been saved. For we are God's masterpiece, that he created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can go and do the things that he's planned for us long ago. He's got a plan for all of us. All of us. If you're a Christian, he has a plan for your life. And I can tell you this. When I was first saved, I started going to church, trying to learn things, first tried to learn Christianese. You know, some of the terms, I didn't even know what they were talking about. I was like, Okay. So learning and reading and, <laughs> shame to admit, but sometimes it took a while before I ever got involved doing something. You know, you're going to church, you're just happy you're not hungover or whatever your thing was. Like, wow, I feel better on Sundays now, all right. But you're slowly working it out, but even back then you had people telling you, oh, you don't need that, man, come on, come on back, come on back. I'm like, no, I'm doing this for myself. This is a personal thing. You're not gonna get to heaven by your grandma's religion or anything like that. This is a personal thing. It's a personal relationship for each and every one of us and he has a plan for each and every one of us. But I will tell you this, it started making it a lot more fun than just going when you get involved doing something. We used to do this um, outdoor play, it was called Walk to the Cross and it had each stations, and you would go, and, and people would come to each station, you move to the next one, and basically you told the story, and we did it on Easter, so it was a big Easter thing, and, and I was one of the Roman guards that got to beat Jesus, basically. <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember the crowds coming, and, and we got to wear all the Roman gear and all the stuff, and, and, and the guy would have the cross on, and, and we'd be whipping him with, with, with rope. Had a, he had a vest on and everything so he wouldn't get hurt, but we beat him pretty hard. And I remember the kids were coming. They'd be crying, yelling, stop it, stop it, because it looked real. I mean, he would fall, and, and we'd throw stuff on him and yell at him and all this. And for me, I started having a little bit of a purpose, going, okay, I'm starting to meet people in the church other than just saying hi to them when they walk by. You know, it, it opens doors for different things, and it started making my faith a whole lot more fun which led to other things doing doing other things getting involved serving communion stuff like that doing a come on man or whatever but then as things were growing you get to a point where you want something bigger and it was like God okay what else you have but I was searching that's the only reason why because I could have settled just being communion server in a big church cause I did that for a while too and thinking I'm d- hey man I'm I'm doing good for God man I'm, I got this I got this, we got these huge crowds, and I'm part of it, I'm good, I'm good, God. I'm going to level off here for a couple months, just check it out. But then he started pulling on me going, there's more, there's more, do you want more? I'm like, yes, I do want more. Years go by, things like that, but then we got the call to start going downtown. That's when we stepped out of our comfort zone big time no money or anything, and just go downtown and hang out with the homeless people on the streets. That was a big deal for us at the time, right? We had no idea. We didn't know any of them. We started meeting people down there, too. And by the time we had left, several years later, we had huge crowds coming to to get the word. We'd feed them, and we'd hang out with them, which led to the church, when we left the city, led to the church in Wright City. Right, We were in the plaza, then we moved to the other church, and then we moved out here. I mean, God's just adding to it and adding to it and adding to it. But if we would have just sat in the chair and did nothing and listened to the naysayers, we wouldn't have any of this. We wouldn't have any of it. But God tugged on our hearts to do something, so we did. He's got a plan for all of you guys. So I want to go down just a little further. Oh, I wanted to read... Uh, Let's go to Titus um, 3. This is one of my favorites, too. It's right after Galatians, I believe. I'm uh, after Timothy. I'm sorry. I'll just read it off the thing be faster. Okay, once we, too, were foolish and disobedient. We were misled, right, listening to the world. The world's telling you, get it all. Be comfortable. Do whatever you want to do. It's all about you. Now they're really piling it on, right? Be selfish. Do whatever you want. Buy that big house. Buy that car. Do you do this for you? God's saying, you don't need all that. I want you to serve my people, which is completely upside down, right? Instead of self-serving, we're to serve others. That's what he's calling us to do. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God, our Savior, revealed His kindness and love, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously pours out His Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of His grace, He made us right in His sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. That's an amen, guys. That's a big amen. It's from the way that we were to the way that we are. It's a big deal. Think about the person that you used to be. Something that you on this week. Look back. What has God done in your life? Anybody journal? Some people do. You ever read your journal and just go back and go, wow, wow, he pulled me through that. Wow, he got me through that. Wow, I remember writing here like, God, I'm at the end. I don't know what to do. And later on, it works itself out. It always does. It's miraculous, right? It's amazing grace that He saved us. I had a sister-in-law, too. Sometimes you never know what you say to people. We get that all the time. Somebody will come up and go, you said one time, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. What did I say this time? (laughs) You never know what they're going to say. But a couple years ago, she was battling cancer, and she was journaling her journey through cancer. Now she's cancer-free, amen? But she remembered some of the little stories that I shared with her on some of my stuff, and I thought that was interesting because that was been like three years. She told me this last weekend. She's like, hey, you told me this story, and it really meant a lot to me at the time. And I'm like, I don't even remember what I said. But... When you encourage somebody, you never know what kind of effect you're going to have on them. You never do. Not that you're looking for praise or anything like that, but it's always cool how God works it out and it comes around. Because it always will, eventually. Eventually it comes around. God's word will not return void if we trust Him. You guys trust Him? Is anybody walking in a difficult time right now? I think we could all say that we are. We're all carrying something, right? Remember, God's in control, and he's going to get you through it. Now, it may take a while. It's going to work out, but we're we'll able to look back and go, wow, it's amazing. I couldn't see it at the time, but I see it now. What you did, the people I met, how you handled it, or how, or just the peace and the joy that you have going through it. Because the old nature would be freaking out going through some of the things I'm going through now. But now we have real peace, real joy. Our circumstances do, do not change our joy. Right? It's easy to be happy when things are going great, but overall joy is mean you got joy all the time, good and bad. Right? Seems like we experience more bad than good. But God's working it out. Just hang in there. Just hang on. It gets difficult. But listen to the whisper when God says, I got this. Just hang on. Hang on. So the second half of this, it says, um, Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews. (laughs) The Jews were pretty proud people, weren't they? We're the chosen ones. uh So now it says... They were proud of their circumcision, even though it only affected their bodies and not their hearts. See, they knew all the rules, but their hearts were still hard. That's why Jesus was always hard on them. It's like, man, you're putting all this stuff on these people. They can't carry it. That's not why I died. used to call them a, a, a brood of vipers. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. Which is true. Back when, before I was saved, I was living without Christ. Trying to do it my way. How'd that work out? Not so good. (laughs) Stressful. Not so good. Running and chasing money, trying to, thinking that if I had more money, I'd be happier, and the whole thing. But there's more to life than that. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel. You You did not know the covenant promises that God has made to them. You lived in the world without God and without hope. The only hope I had back then was I hope they didn't turn my electric off. <laughs> you know? It was a struggle, I'm honest. It was It was hard. But now you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far from God, but now you've been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. For Christ Himself has brought peace to us He united the Jews and the Gentiles into one people. When his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between the Jews and the Gentiles by creating himself one new people from two groups. Together, as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by the means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles when you were far away from him. And peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Woo! Right? Wow. So if you were to take your pulse, anybody give blood? I'm a regular donor when I can. (laughs) Last time I I tried to give blood, and I was like, one point, my pulse was too fast. They're like, ah, sit down, okay. Sit down for a while, do it again. Your heart's going, boom, 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 I was like, I don't know, It's like, well, you can't. You're like, one point, I was one number off. And he wouldn't let me do it. It was like, check your pulse, okay, check my pulse. So I'm asking you to check your pulse, your spiritual pulse. Are you alive? Are you sure you're alive? Have you been made right with Christ? If you have, then you are alive. Amen? <laughs> I think that's about all I have for tonight, guys. It's uh, I thought it was interesting, Alpha, that you guys played that good, good father song. Did you guys play on that for Father's Day? Good timing. Was God doing that then, right? (laughs) I'm singing that going, I wonder if he did that on purpose. But he is a good, good father, and he loves us very, very much. (laughs) God is good, amen? I love Jesus. I don't get it right all the time. But I know he loves me in spite of myself. I know that for a fact. And I know that I have a secure place in heaven. I know that a fact by what his word says. So if there's anybody here that does not have a secure spot in heaven, come and see somebody, say something, and pray about it, amen? Heaven's a prepared place for prepared people, it's not default because you're a good person. It doesn't work that way. So God, maybe be pulling on your heart tonight, maybe you've been away, and you're like, God, I gotta get this thing right. All you have to do is repent from what you've been doing and come back. You know, the devil gets in your head and he says all these little things that you're not good enough or, or people don't like you. That's just from the devil. God says, come back. Come back to his people. Just come back. It's easier than you think. God loves us all, right? So i want to pray. Oh, and uh, Father's Day tomorrow. I've got a bunch of fathers in here. Okay. Woohoo! fathers have have the the day day off off tomorrow tomorrow, right (laughs) (laughs) it's It's our day day. we don't do anything i wish we'd like that but it's not (laughs) all right father god we do thank you you are a good good father we'll praise you jesus for all that you've done in all of our lives god and you continue to grow us you continue to to just bless us with more than we actually need god you're so good to us I want to pray for all the people that are maybe sick or struggling with things, Lord God. I pray that they will turn to you, Jesus. I just I just pray that they do. And we just thank you, God, for what you're going to do. Uh, we thank you for the food you're about to receive. And we just pray for the fellowship time, too, God. It's always a fun time. So we just thank you in advance, Jesus, for all that you're doing. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And that's all.